There's <clears throat> <laughs> that voice crack. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Spring Legion Podcast. My name is Hunter Ferrier, and to start things off, I want to say a quick thank you to everybody that has helped spread the word about our new podcast. Um, we've gotten a ton of feedback and responses after announcing the new podcast, and we uh, we hope you've all made it back to listen in on today's episode. Uh, we're actually keeping a big list of every request, topic, and opinion uh, and suggestion that y'all send in to us uh, just to kind of make sure we touch on every single uh, every single one of them best we can. Uh, so far, we've gotten some really uh, really cool key points and suggestions on guest speakers, which will be joining us after a few episodes. So uh, so keep sending them in, and we'll keep uh, we'll keep lining everything out while there's still plenty of time before spring rolls around. Um, and if you haven't uh, haven't yet, be sure to listen to our past two episodes. Our first two really uh, they kind of hit on how the entire process of process of uh, developing the spring league just started, and kind of introduced. Uh, the, those that help make it happen so check those out and now that we have them out there we can kind of move on into the good stuff and kind of talk turkey hunting and and just general insight on on in the outdoors and, and current times in general um as far as any uh as any as any updates go uh want to let y'all know we do have uh some new hats in those uh you know zolf twill leather strap hats um a lot of people have requested those since about i guess may um, and it's just, it's been pretty hard getting a hold of getting a hold of them, but uh, we finally did get some in. Um, they're on the website; you can check them out. Uh, and a couple more. Oh, uh, yeah, the mesh, the bottomland meshbacks. They uh, they've been on back order twice, so right now we don't we don't have much of an update on those. But yeah, we'll we'll definitely keep you posted on those once we do see that we can get get a new shipment into those. Uh, just kind of staying updated on a few things. Got a few more things in the works. Uh, some non-hat items are are in production right now and be coming in pretty soon. We'll kind of give you a little more details on those once we get the final product. Because, like we said, sometimes you get them and they're not what you think, and nobody has to know about that. We <laughs> we just kind of have to eat those. But but um but I'm gonna turn it over to Austin. He's going to we're gonna try to do a little segment uh, every week or at least just when he's here. Um, he's been doing some research and just trying to find some useful information we can provide y'all, um, every week or, you know, if, if he's not in here every week, you know, just whenever he's in here, he's going to have a, a few, whether it's, you know, quick fun facts some some updates on conservation, just anything kind of related to turkey hunting that we would, you know, kind of consider newsworthy or, or a little, you know, quick history lesson on, on something that's happened in the past and kind of just, to to strengthen that appreciation for, you know, the effect that uh, turkey hunters have on turkey populations and conservation efforts and kind of, and even he's, he was thought we were talking earlier about even kind of, you know, breaking down into where, where the, uh, the conservation funds go, you know, just, you know, we all, we all contribute monetarily to uh, these conservation efforts. And it, it's pretty cool to see, you know, just from the stuff that he's already gotten kind of kind of being able to trace those things down and see what see what you're actually helping out and what's what you're you're ultimately accountable for you know and i think that's pretty cool that that uh when you when you see the certain numbers and how much is actually raised it's a pretty cool thing um but what you got what you got over there today silza yeah just talking about the conservation <clears throat> i was reading over in the um mississippi department of wildlife fishery and parks page and along with nwtf page and found some facts that <clears throat> I had an idea, but didn't know for sure. Uh, early in the 1900s, the turkey 
population was nearly extinct from hunters hunting, killing, and mm-hmm. not doing anything to conserve the land to replenish the turkeys. Uh, during the first five decades of the 1900s, which would be 1900 through 1950, wildlife conservation started reintroducing the wild turkey all throughout the southeast. Um, what they would do is they would go to these isolated areas that were clumped up with turkeys and, in all honesty, too many turkeys for the mm-hmm. land you have, and they would relocate them to popular areas in the southeast. The tide really started to turn for the southeast and especially Mississippi in the 1950s. Uh, and over the next 20 to 30 years, the population exploded to where actually in the 1980s, the turkey population in Mississippi is said to peaked. Hmm. to have peaked where they, in their research. Um, and just over the past decade in Mississippi, from the research has shown that from the North Delta all the way to the Gulf of Mexico, that there's roughly a quarter million turkeys in the state of Mississippi, hmm. uh, which is a, in 120 years, that's a big, yeah, big rise from Shoot, where yeah. turkeys were almost extinct. But that's off of... What, the Mississippi Department of Wildlife? Yeah, it's off the Mississippi Department of Wildlife Fisheries and Parks page. And cool. Some of it came from the National Wild Turkey Federation page. Just, just kind of piecing them Just together. kind of looking around, reading articles on, on that kind of stuff. But Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I mean, I like that idea of just kind of just doing some SEALs notes every week. Uh, he's been jotting them down on his phone and just kind of thinking of anything we can to provide a little value. I mean, I'm interested in what all you got. He's already got, shoot, 15 listed in there. Um, but I might have to check them out too. But um, but yeah, like like we said earlier, we we've gotten some questions in. Uh, he's also jotting those down. We've got a big. We're both keeping notes in our phone, and, and we got a big notebook that uh, he comes in and plops down, and got a bunch of everything kind of written down of, of all the uh, submissions we've gotten as far as, as as questions and topics and and uh, suggestions on guest speakers. So, uh, but uh. Are you going to pick one today? What you got over there? Yeah, I got a good question for you. I know how you feel on some of these things. If you had to pick one of the three when it comes to turkey hunt, would you rather it be woodsmanship, calling, or knowing the lay of the land that you're hunting on? You're saying like if I, like out of those three, if you could like pick to be good at one of them or like. If if your best quality was one of those three, which one would you pick? Woodsmanship, hands down. I would agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, the other two are vital, but they all, they all staircase on each other. But yeah, woodsmanship, I would agree, is the most important. I guess, um, yeah. Well, woodsmanship is a little more broader of a term, but I think when you can, I guess, if you you can you can know how to call really well, and you can know the property that you're hunting really well, and and kind of how the turkeys usually. I mean, you can get a, a gist of of their you know, their daily routine in, in an area. <clears throat> but, but when it comes to wisdomship, I think, um, yeah, I wouldn't trade that for anything, honestly. I think you can you can solely possess wisdomship and, and kill turkeys. And, but, I mean, and that's kind of a, it's you can be a, a good wisdom. I think some people are born that way naturally, and a lot of people are just raised in the woods, you know, just understand how, I mean, all the way down to how to walk in the woods, how to walk quietly, stuff you pick up along the way. Um, and a lot of, a lot of things that I, th- I think back of when I'm, you know, taking my youngest brother Breck or something, uh, just the, the things I would tell him that would be wisdom shit, like how to walk in thick grass, you know, 
you know, step step high, step down flat. You don't want to be rubbing, you know, briars up against your snake boots and stuff and all the way to, you know, which side of the road to walk on whenever you got a turkey, you know, in a tree and you hear him sound off. And I'm dead set on always walking on the opposite side of the road, whichever, if the turkey's on the left side of this road or this clearing or honestly anything that's, you know, over, that exceeds four feet in width. You know, if there's a space going through the woods at any point where there's a little ravine, uh, a trail, anything, I'm walking on the opposite side to make sure that the covers at your back. Exactly. So make sure the the dark side of the woods are at your back. So if not, you got to think of think of his perspective that you know he's either going to see a, a big blob, of, you know, a silhouette. It doesn't have to be a human, but a silhouette walking in this lighter strip as it gets daylight. Um, just kind of limiting that, and it might not be the turkey that's gobbling. You might walk by five of them, but you know, kind of being able to use shadows. Yeah, you um, understand the shadows, that. and you don't. You don't necessarily have to be half cover between you. If you stay in the shadows, then yeah, I mean, I've, I've closed ground on nothing but shadows, um, and you know, walking with the wind, waiting until the wind blows before I move up. But um, and keeping those dark backgrounds, knowing shoot, knowing the the camouflage pattern you got. I know we've been together hunting before, and I'll be wearing some dark camouflage, and you'll have you'll have that bottom land on that's a little lighter. And we've actually we've swapped trees before. I remember that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and you're sitting on a, a pine tree that's gone through a prescribed burn. It's black. You don't, I mean, you're going to stick out a little. You got to kind of think about stuff like that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, that, that kind of just, that's just kind of nitpicking, but, but all the way down to utilizing other animals to, uh, to kind of just learn, not learn their language, but, but knowing what, what different things mean. Um, or what sparks different types of animals to act the way they do. Right. Um, I mean, just paying attention as you're hunting, and it doesn't have to be turkey hunting, just any time you're in the woods. Like, um, I can think of a time we had a turkey on on kind of down a ridge across, yeah. So say he was, say this turkey was on the left side of the ridge, or I'm on the left side of the road down a ridge in this hollow, and we set up, let's see, I think he, was, he wasn't too far in there. He was too close to the road, but we didn't want to get on that same side. We wanted to call him in up and make him come up to that road that was on a higher point. So we got about, I don't I say about six feet. No, about six trees, I guess you'd say. Six trees up in the, in the right side of the woods and kind of faced, you know, across the road where he could get a shot. And I kind of got behind him. And uh, let's see. Well, yeah, we went back and forth with him for a little while. I wouldn't say he got hung up. You know, he was pretty, he was moving around. He was mobile. But, um, but yeah, he went, he went silent for about 15 minutes. And, uh, I knew he was moving, but I didn't know if he was coming out. You know, I was kind of, I was within talking distance of him. And I was telling him, you know, kind of get ready. Um, and you know, about 15 minutes went by and, you know, his, his eyes are glued to that, that daggum road looking across it. And, uh, I hadn't, I hadn't called, yeah, I hadn't called in a while. And I, I remember this, this squirrel was probably, I'd say about 60 yards behind me. I heard him cut up and start barking at something. And it was just almost like an instinct was for me to turn around, you know, and that's just something you don't think you, you learn when you're out there enough. But I heard that squirrel barking behind me and I, you know, I reached up and tapped him and told him to turn around. He looked at me like I was freaking crazy. He's like, what do you turn around? He said, you see him? I said, no. I said, just point your gun towards this, this squirrel barking in this tree. But he was like, all right, you know, he didn't, he didn't know much better. He was kind of just believing me. 
But um, I could tell he was a, a little confused, if nothing else. Because um, last he'd heard the turkey was, you know, was now at his back, and he hadn't heard the turkey gobble since, or, and he knows I hadn't seen a turkey, so he don't know why he's turning around in this tree, but he said, all right. And, um, yeah, we sat there for a little while, and I, I kind of made sure he was set, you know, just in case. And I wasn't, you know, completely sold that we just made the right move. But, but yeah, I gave it about a minute after I knew he was kind of settled in. And I kind of, instead of me, you know, kind of being in front of him, I slid down the tree, kind of shimmied down and, and kind of just slid back on. I think, yeah, I got on the same tree he was on, just got on the opposite side of him where he was sitting, kind of put my butt in his old butt prints and he swiveled around and was facing that way now. Um, I forget people can't see my hands as I'm doing this on a podcast, but I'm motioning the, the turnaround signal right now. But no, I, I gave it a, a quick, a quick, uh, just clucking around and uh, some soft purrs. And shoot, that dude hammered about 55 yards right in front of his gun barrel. He looked at me like a magic trick just happened. He said, how in the world, you know. Um, we ended up, I, I could catch glimpses of him, but I don't know. He caught something. I think what the main problem was, it's kind of what I was alluding to earlier, was we weren't quite far enough in the, we were, we were deep enough into the right side of that road when he was on the left that, you know, another kind of aspect of wisdomship is you can be in that road and you can only see so far into those dark woods, but you can be 50 yards in those dark woods and you see that road just fine, just kind of using those shadows. But because we had turned around, we kind of shot ourselves in the foot when he came in through the dark woods, he could see. You know, he could see our silhouettes in any movement. I know he could, I mean, he probably saw a glimpse or two, uh, a little movement on that, on that white road behind us. But, but it was, it was, it was funny kind of seeing him just really, his mind was in a knot for a little while. And I told him, you know, when it comes to stuff like that, you just kind of pick up on, which none of us guarantee. That's two words I, I hardly ever say in turkey hunting is never and always just cause you hear a squirrel barking. Don't go swinging around towards it every time. Think of the scenario. You haven't heard him in a while stuff that kind of led up into that, you know, and kind of, I, I trust my gut more than near about any reason or logic that I've ever gotten. But you got to, if you try to outsmart a turkey, then mm-hmm. you've already lost. You kind of got to play the intuition game. And, and I think you got to take chances, stuff like that. But, and, uh, shoot, I call it 50, 50 on times. I've had birds come in behind me and in front of me, you know, I guess you start off with a 50, 50 shot on that, but, but little things like that you pick up along the way, and I don't I don't know when I realize that. I just it's just one of those things between that and and crows too. You know, every time you know if I'm walking through a whether I'm deer hunting, turkey hunting, whatever, I'm walking through, and you, you're walking through these an old logging road or something, and you come up under a couple crows, and they're gonna go haywire, and they're gonna kind of hover over you, and you just you just kind of learn what that means. I, I know. And I, I'm the I'm the guy that'll look it up. I'll Google it. What is you know when 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 this happens? What does this mean? Or when this animal does this? What does this mean? Um, and there's all kinds of studies and stuff like that. Um, but that's it's kind of cool. I think you know being being aware and just learning things like that. And that's I mean that's kind of a what I think of as wisdomship and and. Um, if you, I mean, if you know to do that and then just knowing little things, just which ways of, if you, if it comes down to knowing the land and you, I mean, just say you're out on public land and you don't know anything about it. You just know you hear a turkey. I'm going to kind of go down to the basics of 
typicals and like what do they typically do? I mean, they typically won't land on a a down sloping surface. I mean, you think of you running down a hill and trying to stop. I mean, you're going, you know, that that slow stumble fall you do. Imagine flying down it. I've never seen one land on a downward slope. I've seen them land on flat, you know, flat bottom or flat. Or land into a hill. Yeah, they're going, they're going, they're going to want to get caught, you know, by that hill, um, or whatever that incline is. It's just easier on them. And then uh, same thing with. Typically, I think when birds pitch down, they it's easier for them to to go west of the tree than it is east, just because. The sun's not in their eyes. I think that you know the sun. The sun has a lot to do with it. Um, they just they just wouldn't wouldn't like that. And you got to think if you're in a field. I think they would they would also do that because if the sun's coming up on the east, um, instead of pitching, they're not going to want to pitch down in something dark. That's they they want to see what they're going to land on. I mean, I don't blame them either. Um, well, also on the land too. Once a turkey's on the ground, you've got to know what's between you and the turkey. Yeah. You can't. I mean, if you're trying to call him over three creeks, mm-hmm. then yeah, well, yeah, you're in a bind. That's when on X is well, if you're trying, pretty uh, yeah, fatal I mean, on some turkeys. You don't, you don't know that there's a road a road mm-hmm. between you and him, and you're trying to call him across a blacktop road that, that you don't know is there. Mm-hmm. So it's that's another aspect of knowing the land is how the turkey's going to get to you or how you're going to get to him. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, as far as calling goes the the quality of it is so overrated to me you know it's it's what what types of calls you're doing how you know how you're doing it how you're going about it are you are you sounding like a guy calling on a turkey call you sounding like a turkey because they don't sound the same most times um and they're you listen to a flock of 10 hens you got 10 different sounds coming out and you know don't to me, I don't. I don't harp on how good you can call. It's just, well, it's just like a person. Every every sound is going to be different. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, it's and it's it's what they can read that weather so much better than we can. And and the best thing you can do is is read the birds. You know, read the turkeys. Read the the normal just tweety birds around. If if you're out there and you're wailing on an owl call, trying to get one to gobble hold up and listen around and do you hear other birds you know is there something going on with the barometric pressure this is causing all animals to kind of lay low um you know like same thing with like dogs will lay down you know before a storm comes or cows yeah, cows the same way i think you know they, they got that weird six sense and and this i think it's really beneficial which i guess would allude back to woodsmanship is just being able to Try to read what's going on. Well, not only read it, but being able to recognize when it's mm-hmm. going on to yeah. be able to read it. Mm-hmm. If you don't recognize it's going on, you don't know to look into it. Just asking why, why, why over and over again. And Well, another thing on the calling is, like you said, it's every turkey is going to have a different sound or a different mm-hmm. pitch or a different tone or even a different rhythm. But one of the big things I've learned hunting over the years is when to call. Oh, yeah. Not, not necessarily the sound or... Or, or the rhythm or things like that, but knowing what the that cadence. what that turkey's doing, the cadence, knowing when to call. Yeah, and, and I think more turkeys are killed through silence and calling. My, anyway, it depends on how you hunt, and we'll go into that spill one day. But my my dad's a firm believer that if if, if a turkey answers him two to three times, mm-hmm. he's not calling again. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's gonna wait. Until that turkey gobbles on its own two or three times, mm-hmm. trying to find him, and then once it once it does, then he'll, you know, a couple of real soft yelps just to 
mm-hmm. let him know his location. But uh, yeah, once a, once a turkey's responding to him and on the move, it, he won't call anymore. I need to go hunt with Donald. So that's about the same way I am. I kind of, I, mean, I got rules of thumb, and it I contradict them all the time. But I'm big on after the if he answers. I, some people only get one answer and they're done. You know, I'm I like to get two just to verify. He's gobbling at me. He's not, right. you know, he's at least, he, he for sure knows I'm here. And then, um, and then I'll let it ride and, and then kind of see. I mean, if he's sounding off and I know he's in the tree and he's, you know, he's fired up, it depends on, you know, if it's, if it's a little windy and, you know, some sounds muffled, I might try to move up a little bit, get as close as I can before he pitches down. Um, that would be when knowing the land is beneficial, kind of knowing, is he, if he's on a creek, nine times out of ten, they're going to try to get around a a, a, a body of water to, to roost if, if possible. Um, or, you know, along a creek, if you're just eyeballing a place that's going blind. But well, like what's said, on the other side of that creek, you know, is it way more tempting to fly down there than it is here? Are you going to have to talk him into flying down over here and risk him sitting in that tree until noon if he ain't going to fly over there, if he's going to sit there and expect you to walk under him? Or is he is he you know dead set on 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 some hens across the the pasture on the other side and you got to sure enough talk him into coming over here. Well, the example you used is a prime example of using all three of them, knowing how to move, using your mm-hmm. woodsmanship, knowing how to move, knowing when to call, and then also knowing what's mm-hmm. between you and him. So that's a prime. All all three of them are important. I think Hunter and I will both agree in our opinion, woodsmanship is the most important. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say that the other two are oh, not no. important. They're just as important. It's just, in our opinion, that's what we feel like is your best quality. Mm-hmm. And shoot, I'll be honest, the main reason I feel that way is because I bumped turkeys moving when it wasn't, the sound wasn't muffled enough, and I was too loud, and he went out of that tree like a rocket two miles away. Um, and I have called to him when I shouldn't have called to him, and I had to sit on the street until 11 o'clock until... <laughs> I finally said, screw it, he ain't coming. I'm, I can't go walk under that tree, man. I ain't a real turkey. You know, I just had to tease out and go get some lunch or something while he's still in that tree waiting on that hand to walk under there. But um, And another thing on woodsmanship, I think people try to hunt here in Mississippi. Our season opens March 15th. Mm-hmm. I think people try to hunt the same way they do in March 15th as they do the middle of April. Yeah. And that, that's a woodsmanship mm-hmm. deal where your woods from – the first of April start greening up. Mm-hmm. So you may where in March you're hunting and a turkey sounds like right. he's a hundred yards. Well, that turkey in the first of April, middle of April may be a hundred yards but sound two hundred. Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to take into account where you don't walk up and bump turkeys mm-hmm. because of the, the way that the trees and leaves are coming back in. Shoot about what I'd say going into the third week of April, those leaves start making a a, a real difference. I mean, in a matter of a few days, those those sounds become well, fifty you, yards of difference. Man, you've talked about it. Just riding down the road, you can see mm-hmm. within two to three day time period how thick the woods get, mm-hmm. and that's just knowing the woods we're, we're talking about. Riding and looking, seeing them on a you know daily mm-hmm. or every other day basis, that we can we can literally tell that these woods have gotten this much thicker just in two to three days. And, you, and when it's dark outside and you haven't been paying attention, you kind of, that's when you need to know. Yeah. But, um, but, but I don't know why I'm, I, I would, I would rather hunt those first two weeks of the season more than anything where they end up. I, I'm, I'm calling the gobbler some, but 
more times than not, I'm I'm calling the hens, trying oh, yeah. to get the hen in. You know, I'm 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 pretty big on that. Um, um, but yeah, before we get off on a, another rabbit hole, that, I mean, I, I I enjoy getting those questions, and I feel like we could talk on all that for days, and we got another time between here and March, so definitely keep sending those in. Um, yeah, shoot, I'm already looking at the list, and there's gonna be some there's gonna be some good episodes on here. And, and hoping to, and I, I'm kind of starting to line out the questions with some some guests that I know would love that question. Right. If that makes sense, it's kind of like they have a, a, a different opinion or a unique opinion on those mm-hmm. specific questions, and, and and it makes a lot of sense. And, and especially anybody that I've gotten some just sure enough good value out of spending the morning with, definitely want to get them in here and kind of just let everybody hear what they have to say, and and, and a lot of it, whether I was eight years old hearing it or whether it was this past year, I've learned more this past year from people that hadn't even been turkey hunting that long, but had picked up on something that I had completely overlooked. And I'm thinking, man, I wish somebody had told me this a few years ago or at least brought it to my attention. We overthink because we've done it for so long that they pick up on immediately Mm -hmm. just small things. And that's, if you ain't trying to learn, you're going backwards in my mind. But, um, but again, folks, um, want to, want to thank you all for tuning in and sticking this episode out with us. And, uh, we're going to get a few more in the works. Um, trying to pick a good day to, to, uh, to make this weekly podcast, to kind of release them. Um, if y'all got any, any suggestions on days y'all would, y'all would rather some people, uh, I've, I've asked a few and I feel like half of them said Monday and half of them said Friday. And nobody even mentioned Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. I don't know why, but, but yeah, shoot us a, shoot us a DM on Instagram or, or Facebook or leave a comment and let us know. Which day y'all would rather them them come out, and we'll kind of work around it and see if we can get that happening, just so it's not so sporadic and, and stay a little consistent with it. But um, you got anything else to to close out with? You good? That's all I've got. All right. Well, well, thanks again, guys. And uh, if you haven't, be sure to subscribe to the uh, to the podcast. Follow the podcast, whether it's on whatever platform we're trying to get on get the uh, get the shows on every single platform we can. And uh, we're on most of them already, but a few of them are still in review. So, uh, and we'll kind of keep y'all posted on, on when they do send us that uh, that uh, that email saying that all is good to go, and kind of put us out there on every platform. So, uh, but definitely appreciate y'all listening in, and uh, look forward to uh, to next time.